little down in the dumps for a Tuesday, aren't you? <laughs> it's just slow. You know, it's just semester's winding down. People are getting antsy. The yeah. greatest college weekend in the world's coming up, supposedly. Oh, it's true. It's true. For our listeners who aren't on Indian University's campus, Little 500 is coming up. What is Little 500? Only the coolest of bicycle races, if cool and bicycle race can be put in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. forgot the word drunken and, and ridiculous and, and... Pure insanity for like yeah. four days. Yeah. But... Some people enjoy that kind of stuff, so... Right, speaking of insane... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well... <laughs> I'm not going to go there yet, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have some news to catch up on first. This is weekly download episode number 35. Um, I think that kind of catching up with where we were before I kind of dive into this diatribe that I've been thinking about... Would be nice. Um, really crowded. Really, <laughs> really crowded. <laughs> okay. So, rim sucks. Yeah. Next. So, we were talking about rim, <laughs> and it was just really funny that literally minutes after we recorded that podcast, rim's whole board like went nuts. And I think today Yahoo also announced their recent board shakeup, too. Yeah, Best so. Buy fired the CEO today, slash he resigned. Wow. Good times. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I just posted it a little oh, while ago. okay. Yeah. I missed it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it at the mm. end. Okay. Um... Big news. People really like the iPad. <laughs> what else is new? And so what they cited as their favorite um, part about the iPad is the retina display. Not that camera. Not the and camera. <laughs> <laughs> Not that updated <laughs> camera. It actually turns out that the retina display was important to people. And hey, guess what? Of course I'm getting a phone call during the show. Why do oh, I always this get a always phone happens. call during the show? Should we pause the show? Or? No, no. We can just keep going with it. Okay. Oh, here we go. Hey, this is Tarun recording weekly download right now. I hope this is exciting. I am recording this podcast right now. Oh, I, I can't wait to find out. No, this is not this a message. I'm just very, I've got the radio face on. Yeah, he's good. Whoever the listener is. Goodbye. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I was um, hoping to get a long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> <laughs> Another point of news. Uh, Internet Explorer is gained about a percent over the last month. That's actually good, considering it's free fall that it was on for the longest time. It was on a free fall, and now it's sitting at around, I think, 60% market share. Right. So for those of you that think Internet Explorer has been down in the dumps, I think you need to look at this chart, because actually they're still quite on top. Right, right. And the reason they're quite on top is just because it's pre-installed on the biggest market share OS. But all things considered, I think this is good news for the Internet Explorer junkies out there <laughs> and wherever Microsoft, you <laughs> wherever you might be, whatever corners, time to come out of hiding, <laughs> time to start supporting your wonderful uh, browser because it's back and it's uh, blue, not black. But yeah. Anyway, um, interesting also to see that Firefox is declining much like I had thought, Right. but I didn't actually see the numbers for that thing is just a bloated, you know, good for nothing browser at this point. Um, I use Safari myself, and it's a, uh, it's a pretty lightweight browser. I, I think it does a good job. I think it's lightweight in the feel and usage, but in practice, apparently, oh, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's a it's a hog. That's yeah, that's what I've heard. And the only thing is, is um, t uh, me against using Chrome is that again, it's not polished. It's not as lightweight. So, right. and I enjoy the best part about Safari is when you have the inspector built in, and for oh, web yeah, development, yeah. it's very yeah. nice. So. 
I'm still holding on, but um, I'd really like to see um, Microsoft decide to develop IE for Mac again. Um, just you know, I had a version of IE6 on my last computer just because it was fun to... I had it for debugging purposes and just for like viewing designs that. Why until Rosetta? So I can't even use it. Exactly, no one can use it at this rate, so it's completely deprecated as far as um, the normal world is considering. But I think that I think it would be nice to see IE make a comeback through the Mac App Store or something, just so people can kind of see why it's become a big deal. Right. Um, yeah, it's got a long way to go. Yeah, it's, it has a kind of an uphill climb from where it was. But people tell me IE9, that's the newest one, right? Like right. it's actually going places. Right. Um, being someone who's totally sucked into the Mac world completely, like I don't touch Internet Explorer ever. But I mean, and when you think about IE, it just all of the ActiveX plugins, all of that nonsense that was put in the forefront has now been put in the back end, right. kind of where it belongs. But so it kind of fades away, and the only thing that is important is the browser and the web. Right. And that's the important part about being a browser, and that's what other people have gotten really good at is this sort of snappy web page rendering, and IE had always you know, just somehow... S- continued to bother us with whatever they wanted to talk some about direct some random yeah. alert some some cookie acceptance or whatever and i think most of that's gone and which is why most people are like oh yeah i can use we'll this give it thing a shot. yeah um i linked to this article on fast company because it's becoming a big deal with uh, I, I know last time we may have talked about ipad and how it's being used as a point of sale right so pos is like you know it's kind of a funny acronym but for those of you in retail, you know exactly what POS means, point of sale. So um, a point of sale system is pretty much the thing you use in a retail store. It's just a way of getting customers to pay for their products, managing SKUs, checking inventory, and so on. And the iPad now is being the primary way to do this, not the antiquated, you know, other ways that people have been doing it with the black screen and the green text, you know, that kind of thing. And Apple's been doing this with their iOS device, like that they built or whatever for a while. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Except that's more like a mobile, like, yeah. For your own self. So now it's interesting to see how Best Buy has completely, you know, gotten rid of whatever their point of sale system was and has moved to the iPad exclusively. Um, I don't think with Square, but with their own, with sort some of other point of sale yeah. system. And um, I think that's going, I think this whole mobile payment space is really becoming disrupted. Um, and now PayPal is wanting the piece of the pie. And I think a few other people are going to start looking at this as the next way of tying in services and making money through this sort of e-commerce thing. And, Again, we talk about the wallet online and and how um, you you carry so many different cards and so many different ways of payment. Why isn't it simpler when you do carry a mobile device around? And marrying this idea with a point of sale idea just seems to make sense. So um, we're definitely headed in that direction. Did we ever talk about the fact that they called their square rival triangle? Because I thought that was the most hysterical nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a triangle, though, right? Right. The PayPal reader. Yeah, it's just so funny that. And and I guess, do I have a problem with the design? I mean, I think it looks pretty bad. Like it looks like some some silicone, you know, piece of crap. Like the square reader just looks like polished. Looks like a 
a thing you would use on an iOS device, whereas the PayPal looks like something you'd use <laughs> on an Android device junk, or yeah. something, or just something from China. Like, <laughs> it's just poorly designed. But if it's connected with such a big ecosystem that PayPal has been, you know, I think that it's perfectly, it doesn't really matter what it looks like, you know, right. at the end of the day, as long as it gets the job done. And really, it, it, what matters is the OS, you know, the operating. Sure, the, sure. Uh, you still get iOS. You still get all that. Right. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Skipping the freemium thing. Okay. I want to talk about, I, w- I now want to talk about the Lumia thing. For all you and Windows fans, by the way, this will be the first and hopefully the last time. We have a devo- Wait a minute. Maybe show. I don't want to talk about it yet. Oh. No, okay. We got some more Apple things in here. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yahoo lays off 2,000 employees and has done a corporate reorg. Right, um, right. No real surprises Nothing there. to see there. Uh, I uh, thought the EA thing was pretty funny. Beating out Bank of America. I couldn't believe this. And the thing, I, the reason I couldn't believe it is because I'm so blind to games, probably. That I, I that, just the don't same really thing, care. actually. I was like, I, I had no idea that like it was this bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Electronic Arts, shame on you. And the Mac goes corporate. Nothing all that exciting, but I thought it was interesting that 46% of corporations have now issued Macs to employees. Yeah, and it's just continuing to grow. I right. mean, we see it in the enterprise space. We see it in the education space. I mean, these are markets that were previously just owned entirely by windows right. just because it was the only th- the only thing there say, Get it out of here. and and the growth trajectory is so much faster it's just so intense right. and not just with macs but with ipads especially right. and in the article attributes the fact thing. that ipads and iphones are getting people more interested in using the mac platform and i think that's the idea that was the idea really like if right. you can get people in the store and part of the ecosystem, you're selling like double oh, what you were going yeah. to sell. Okay, now we can talk about the Lumia. So for those of you who don't know that I've been talking about this phone for, oh, I don't know, a few months now. Several I've been months, I've yes. been following it since the N9. Um, and the N9 is basically the same body as the Lumia 800, except... Um, with Mego, which is you know <laughs> the finest of operating it's, systems, it's fantastic, and uh, and uh, it's a Linux flavor, and maybe like five people are enjoying it now. So after that, after the development of the N9, I thought it looked like a really good device, but it needed something. Enter Windows Phone, and now the Lumia 800 was the thing that kicked it off worldwide, and recently the Lumia 900 is the next generation of that. Windows Phone right. line, bigger screen, bigger battery, and yeah, the, the more usual intense realm of for American people, right? Um, but I guess can't. we can start off by just kind of talking about the 900 launch because that's most prevalent to our audience, anyway. Um, the 900 is a 4G LTE smartphone available on AT and T, right? Sporting a 4.3, I think it's a 4.3 inch, inch screen diagonal. With an 800 by 480 resolution, so for those of you doing the math really quickly, it's about 162 something pixels, pixels per, per inch. inch. A little bit less uh, than the iPhone. Uh, very much less, about half as much as the iPhone. 320 on the iPhone, I think. And uh, what does that mean? Well, it's definitely a half retina display. <laughs> and if you look at it, if you take a look at it, go to an AT&T store now that they're finally open, you can uh, check it out and see for yourself. Um, it was very underwhelming to look at the 900, and it was a huge disappointment to see not only the launch day become fumbled, 
with being launched on Easter Sunday and whatnot. But just looking at the device, I was completely disappointed. Um, and I think that just boils down to the fact that they really didn't take advantage of the screen real estate that they had improved right. on. We're talking an additional, you know, 0.6 in, you know, inches on the diagonal, so large. which yeah. could have made it a 1024 resolution display, or at least more than 900. Right. All the way up to like where the iPad, is, the iPad one and two. Are. Of course, then it may have looked a little bloated because, well, it's just it's just a question of what Windows would have done with that space. Right. And this is something that I kind of touched on in today's. Uh, Three second part of this three part series that I've been thinking about when it comes to Windows Phone in general, but anyway, it was released on Easter Sunday to huge crowds, <laughs> long lines, and Easter bunnies, and uh, they. I, I think I read a quote somewhere on The Verge saying, uh, "We sold three. I think like that yeah. was the quote that they pulled out. We sold three by like eleven, and apparently then some stores sold out. So some stores did okay. sell out of the black and the cyan, and I think that was in larger markets. And in larger markets being, they only had twenty in the store. So imagine take the you know take the iPhone route. Um, they must have had hundreds of the right. iPhones in the if stores, and even yeah. those were sold out. So it, it just goes to show you the hill that you know nokia and microsoft have to climb to really make an impact a right, dent a in the space anything. but nevertheless you know they they now here comes this new phone this new idea this new concept and inherent in the windows phone and uh, i think that if you are an ios user this is just the bottom line of what i'm about to talk about but if you are an ios user and you've been using it for a while then my 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 opinion was time for change. It's right. time for a different way of looking at things. It's time for you to experience something different. And then if you still hate it, if you still think it's like garbage, then fine. You know, you can go back. I think a lot I've of people are probably days, like, by the way, well, I think it's like the mentality is, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're right. If Apple's not broken and it's not, then, you know, why, why move away? It, right. But I think it's broken. I think now we've reached the point where we keep seeing... Uh, a lot of, you know, chipping away at, like, the statue, but not a whole lot of, like, remodeling entirely. Right, right. And it's frustrating as someone who wants to see innovation occur, but the only innovation is if third parties pick it up. Right. So <laughs> Apple has sort of put this ball in the court of third-party developers that said, okay, we've given you the hardware, now it's up to you guys to do it. And so Apple, too, has kind of acted like a pseudo third-party developer and making some core apps for their iPad and soon their next iPhone. Sure. But at the end of the day, there's nothing really paradigm shifting about the Retina display, the more I think about it. I mean, and you're using it now, too. No, I returned it. Oh, you returned it. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people from whom I've talked to are like, yeah, it looks really nice, but... Uh, it's the iPad. I mean, it's it's what people know and love, and that's why they're sticking with it. But at the end of the day, it, I, as a designer, as someone who's really interested and invested in the next thing in technology, is uh, I'm pretty disappointed, basically. So, so with that, I decided to completely detach myself from the Apple ecosystem, from the iPhone. The only thing I have is my MacBook Air, and I haven't seen anything that could meet, beat the MacBook Air in terms of notebook performance and sorts of portability. I mean, I could, I have glowing opinions about the MacBook Air. My those same sentiments aren't shared for the phone anymore. So, right. traded my iPhone 4s with some dude 
on uh, Mac Rumors. I actually saw the thread recently. I was oh, looking you did? for Illumia myself just to... Actually, truth be told, I was going to try to, on Amazon, snag Illumia 900 because I know it's for an upgrade and be like, bazinga. Uh, yeah. I got here. But you <laughs> but probably I, would be disappointed. Yes. I'll tell you that right now. But anyway, traded it with some guy and it came in and the box basically was... Um, Kind of like an iPhone box. It was a. It's a kind of a square, rectangle-looking thing, and you open it up, and the in the iPhone. Or <laughs> see, the here's me confusing it. The Lumia is sitting right on top. Right. And then underneath it is a couple of uh, smaller boxes. One including this sort of condom-style case. Uh, you can kind of see if I sure, pull sure. back, you can kind of tell. It's rubberized. And uh, then underneath it's instruction manual, which the i the iPhones do have an instruction manual. If you didn't know, it's in there. It's not. It's not very intense or it's big, just, yeah, but it's in there. Like, and underneath that, you can find an Italian charger, a USB sync cable, and a <laughs> pathetic pair of headphones. So did you buy that phone from Italy? Uh, that guy bought it from Italy. And, oh, okay. Uh, I remember reading so your th- post a few minutes ago that it was something about Italy, but I wasn't... Well, it was from. it's from Italy. Okay. I guess this phone is from Italy because that's what's on the box. But um, sold, sold by a carrier called Wind. I've never oh. heard of it. Wind IT. Wind.IT. So... Um, they were selling this phone to someone. Time. We're getting feedback on your article. Oh, okay, fantastic. I posted it at our only Windows user who listens. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, and I think that I picked up the Lumia 800 for the reasons that I had mentioned just now. I think you look at the 900 and you're underwhelmed. You look at the 800 and you're not so underwhelmed because it's a smoother transition. Like if you pull out your iPhone and just put it next to it, you'll see that it's basically the same size in many ways. And the screen is exactly the same size. Right. So for me, that transition was natural enough. And furthermore, uh, the screen resolution is, is not as bad as you would think. So when you look at it from the distance of somebody normally using it, it's about as retina display E as it could be. Sure. I, I, I'm not nitpicky about this. Like, I think some people would be, especially when they read text. Like, Internet Explorer looks awful. <laughs> but in general, like, here's an example. I'm showing Chris here a text-only sort of uh, of a game I'm playing. I was looking up a fact. So I'm going to just zoom out all the way. Here's what it renders as when you look at it, the Windows phone. Yeah. It looks like a typical, like, you know, ported WebKit bullcrap kind of thing right, that right. the iPhone, original iPhone, was rendering pages at. Um, nowadays, with the Retina display, with improved technology, the iPhone is leaps and bounds ahead in that aspect. But in general, though, it is a pretty smooth transition, um, especially for people who are used to having some sort of ecosystem, but maybe aren't comfortable with Apple's ecosystem, Sure. Um, who want a similar form factor, but want a different experience, who don't want too much control, but want a little bit more say in what they do. This is the middle ground between the Android and the iOS. Hmm. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I'll point out is that what Windows has tried to do with the Nokia devices or with any Windows phone is to try and change your perspective of what you use a phone for. And they, they mentioned that in the commercials even. I think the commercial I say the commercials not even jokingly. Like I think they did a good job of sort of separating your phone from you or giving yourself back. I and, and but giving yourself back in the sense that yourself is embodied in this phone too. So for example, when you open up the phone, you are the center of the phone's attention. There's no apps 
are like windows into other experiences. Like on the iPhone, you have about 10 apps on your home screen or something like sure, that. Sure, sure. Yeah. And those 10 to 12 apps are just other points of entry to other different places. Whereas these are more like connected sort of windows that you can look at and then walk away. You don't really need to look at the rest of the phone to With really experience the phone. Right. Like I can just open it right now. I know that that guy's commenting on my tweet. I've got a few people I've connected. I don't have any new messages, phone calls or emails. I've got a class at 2:30. It's 48 degrees outside and sunny and I was recently playing I guess Kiss. <laughs> so I can learn all of that just by looking at my home screen. And if you look at your phone right you got, now, yeah. you can know that you do have text. Uh, you have a text from someone, a few emails, store updates. some updates. But beyond that, nothing. Right. You'll have to dive in to understand that. And or to use me, the drop down. A, a, or use the drop down, which is not in front of your face. Sure. You'd have to open it to see that. Or from the lock screen, maybe you would see the a little bit more detail. But I think this is the appropriate balance of how much information you need. And then if you're interested, you can go a little bit further. So I think Windows has done a really good job with that. And the sort of meta point with that would be this information is all sort of brought together in a context around what you do with a phone anyway. So I think the People app really showcases the point of the phone, which is connecting you with... Whatever, it matters. whatever matters. So I'm I on this phone, and I was pointing this out in the review. If you go into the settings of the phone, which I can talk about navigating through the screens themselves in a bit, you can go to email and accounts, and you can see everything that you've connected your phone with. So I've got a Windows Live, LinkedIn, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Outlook, all of them right there. And I can easily sync and manage things right from the screen, kind of like the settings in the iPhone. Sure. Um, but with that, since it was all out of the box, I did nothing else and all of my contacts were synced. Wow. And all the photos were synced and all of their updates are synced. It's just amazing. I couldn't even believe it. Like, it was baffling to me that I didn't have to do any curation whatsoever. Now, I will say I had to migrate all of my data to Google to get this to work. Right. And but, I mean, you were in iCloud services, right? And, and, yeah. And so all I did was export my contacts, put them into Google done sure and even google actually i learned has a lot of unique sort of ways of managing multiple contexts duplicate entries to make that transition a lot easier with the windows phone so um and in all in all those two aspects are just fantastic but there are glaring negatives i think that there are a lot of design inconsistencies with how they have brought information together what information they thought really mattered and also how they presented that information is kind of weird. So again, if we go back to the people application, you know, I know I'm in people because I clicked on people. Like, do I really need the really the big people? people? And I wonder what would have happened if they had just shrunk it like 20 pixels. Right. How much more they could have fit or, or this sort of like odd behavior odd, yeah, of how people seems to fade away and become evil by the time <laughs> you're like on anyway, the third yeah. screen. I, I, is it isn't an aesthetic? I guess it can be appreciated by some people. You'll notice notifications coming in at the top there. Sure. Um, it, it, I guess it's something interesting. And I think that 
But I also think it can become very overwhelming. Here's what it looks like in mail. Basically the same kind of idea. It's a little large for my taste. It's, I don't think it's, it's necessary. It's pretty large. And then that's juxtaposed with the actual content of a message, which is quite small. Right. So there's definitely a hierarchy of where someone would want to look. Like I think you're going to look at a header and then you're going to look at the text. But if the information matters... There may have been other more creative ways of presenting that information, which leads me to landscape. You, some apps are landscape capable. Mail is landscape capable. For some reason, they've added this little bumper on the side, and I it wouldn't looks really. Right when it's there, but it's awkward when it's not. It's awkward when you're not tapping to view that extra information. Some apps don't do landscape calls. Don't do landscape. It's the same as the iPhone, isn't it? The, I believe Twitter app does landscape, but here's what they do to handle the bumper. They get rid of it. And the thing about that that is, is why would you need to know the time and whatnot when you're looking through an app anyway? Can you push the middle to like see the time or anything? Nope. Oh, so it's just gone completely. They just got rid of it. And do I have a problem with that? Nope, not really. But here's what I have a problem with. It's the inconsistencies within apps. So again, I, I don't know if you noticed, but here it is on landscape. All the tweets are laid out on landscape. Sure. But if I click on a user in landscape, it's going to try and load it here. So here's their tweet. If I click on their user, though, oh wow, it's, it's, it's not in landscape again. anymore. It's back in portrait. So I have to switch to look at it. And there, it's not even trying to render in landscape. And there become other problems with the landscape mode, too. So if I go into uh, settings or something, here's what it looks like in landscape. Here's, here's all of this useless space taken up by individual panes. And then here's what it looks like when the space isn't taken up. It's just awkward. There's this huge section of, uh, you know, right. it's area of like space. It's almost like they were like, oh, so, we just got to throw it out. So there. then I wonder why even bother having the landscape view at all. You know, why bother if you're going to do it like that? If you're going to do it as an afterthought, because this is what it looks like to me. It just no, looks like, clearly. oh, we forgot I guess we should, we should do something. Not a forgot, but it's like, oh, I guess we should do landscape. So let's try and do it. And the way they came up with it was either you're not going to have it or you're going to have pretty much the analogous view. Here's weather. Weather doesn't have a landscape at all. Um, however, calculator does, and calculator kind of does a similar thing as to what uh, oh, iPhone, iOS so you does. Get them. But uh, other apps don't do that. I think calculator is the only example on this phone that takes information and presents it in a new way when you go into landscape. Whereas the iPhone, I've noticed, is really good at that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When you can't, when that is available, it's actually a much better experience to view things in landscape. But this didn't really take advantage of the form factor of the portrait-style phone. It does feel like some of the third-party apps, then, like Twitter. I don't want to say forgot, but essentially forgot about some of the landscape. It's, it's just, or it's it was just, a quick like, we need to get this ported over. Let's do right, it. Right, right, and that's frustrating. That shows a lack of care, a lack of attention. Uh, right. A sort of, you know, oh, okay, here comes a new OS. Let's see how long this lasts. Okay, I guess we'll build in some stuff. And it's like, well, if you really, really want to develop for a platform, you ought to do it right the first time. So, and there's plenty of other examples of this that I could get into. But the bottom line is there's a lot of woes that I have that are like, ugh, you know, I wish, uh, what if this or what if that kind of sticking with it. Now, one thing I noticed what you tweeted about the other day that I think would be the deal breaker for me, the voicemail box. 
Oh yeah. So visual voicemail is not there anymore. Yeah. Um, do I care about it? I think voicemail is antiquated anyway. Uh, certainly. I, I mean, I, I, in fact, on my voicemail, if you call it, it says to tweet me. Oh, nice. So because I think I would rather interact with people and have a record of it right. other than having voicemail, which nobody really listens to anyway. In fact, when somebody calls me and leaves a voicemail and I call them back, they kind of repeat what they said in the voicemail, even though I listen to it and everything. But the foregone conclusion is people don't really care. Yeah, I mean, literally, I've got a slew of them in here that I'll usually just like run through, and I'm not even listening half the time. Like yeah, I'll just click on it to exactly, make the, button, the exactly. box go it's, away. Exactly, it's 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 becoming so passive. And why is scrubbing even a cool feature anyway? When I don't even know what I'm scrubbing to. See, scrubbing in a song or like a podcast or something makes sense because you're going to re-reference that later. You're going to want to go to that favorite part of your song. But a voicemail is like something that you view once and never again. Right. Or maybe I could see scrubbing if you wanted to go back and hear a number again. But beyond that, it's like, you know, so then why not just use the podcast way of doing it, which is just clicking backwards on a button or sure, something. Sure. So, um, so that's another thing. Um, what else can I talk about? I... I well, I mean, and any questions that you might have, maybe? Uh, I mean, you answered. I, I read your, both your reviews, Act 1 and Act 2. Very well done. Thank you. Um, I like both of them a lot. Um, at first, I had considered, like I said, thinking about, oh, I was like, eh, he talks about this Lumia 900 so much. Maybe I should just give it a shot. <laughs> and after reading this, I'm like, probably not, but it's certainly nice to sort of see what the other side's like. Right. And I And the important message that I'm trying to say is, if you use iOS, it is possible to move. That's right. one thing I want to mention. And is we've that talked it about is that possible. a few times where I've said it's impossible because of apps and things like that. You've said, no, it's not. It, it's definitely not. But it. I think that the apps thing is going to be a problem for people who are all about the apps thing. Right. Like if you really care about the apps, then you'll get your most important things like Facebook and Twitter and ESPN or whatnot. But the games, that whole element, you know, I may buy an iPod Touch to do all of that if I wanted to do yeah, all see, of that. Yeah, see, what's so funny is I don't know why I would be so afraid. I'm looking here through apps that I recently <laughs> opened. There's not a single game anywhere in here for exactly. pages. Of, literally, there is no game open. A lot of people care about that kind of stuff. And and there are games on the my, on the Windows phone. Right. I haven't really played a game Angry yet. Angry Birds recently released. Uh, right. right. And I'm sure that it's pretty. It's probably a reliable experience. I mean, when I flick through the screens or when I tap on certain areas, the target area is reliable. Sure. So if I wanted to play a precision-based game, I could see that it, it being fine, provided that third-party developers gave, you know, a crap the about right, it. Yeah. And that's just going to, again, it's going to, you know, the it'll, ball's in their court. It'll just take time for, I think, people, the more market share they get, likely the more serious people will take. But I think the real point of this phone is that it doesn't really matter about third-party apps anymore. It's kind of blending why we liked feature phones so much and sure. platforms and why we care about phones so much. It, it's, it's kind of sitting right in the middle because I care about a phone to make phone calls, to take text messages, you know, and to sure, sure. browse the web every now and then, fact check some things maybe, get information and move on. And That's that, what that's I use exactly a phone what you want for. It for. And, and listen to music is another thing. I right. wanted things on the same device. If you use a phone for like media rich applications you can do that on this phone too but if you do it for like gaming and stuff like that and you want other ways of interacting through applications then maybe it's not the phone for you maybe you sure. have to stick with the iphone but that's a question that you need to ask yourself if you feel like you're not much of a person for third-party development you're not you just need the basics 
I can I can tell you from experience so far, I'm way happier with how I interact with this phone than I did on the iPhone. Wow. So And if you really want a forty one megapixel camera, the Lumia eight oh eight is for you. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The camera's very awful. I that's one that's probably I think in my personal usage the biggest problem I have is that the camera is just do they have hipstagram for it? <laughs> no, no Instagram, no hipstagram, nothing like of the sort. Um, I know you're we're not a frequent Instagram no, user, but I saw you using it a little there at the I, end. I was trying to device. I was trying to figure out what was the big deal, and uh, I remember you often. I I think you were the one who I quoted all the time as saying Instagram is where photos went to die, <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. I mean, I think I read a tweet the other day about Instagram. So now I'm kind of we're kind of off the Nokia Lumia bus at this point, and might as well hit this last point because right, it was yeah, kind of a big. A little long for our podcast, but we should. Facebook acquired Instagram for one billion dollars. Twelve people or thirteen people? I don't remember. Enjoy their yachts. Yeah, seriously, that's fantastic. Good for those guys. I mean, now why the hell are we making an application? But anyway, Instagram, as those, as for those of you who don't know, is a photo sharing application that allows you to add little filters to give a little personal touch to the uh, photos you make. I think that's exactly. (laughs) I think that um, it's, it's exciting to see Instagram get acquired and exciting to see how people are excited about small apps that just do one thing really well. Right. Um, I think the bigger message here is the data that they collected that they don't understand what to do with it. And Facebook knows what to do with that data. Which has freaked a lot of people out, I, I found out. I was reading a journal article this morning about people who are like, oh, I'm shutting down my Instagram account. I saw where BGR a little while ago tweeted, like, here's how you, you, turn, you close your Instagram account. Yeah, you probably yeah. should. If you're worried about all those pictures that you take, took that are maybe a little bit more intimate than what you would put on Facebook because sure. that was kind of the target audience there, right. then, yeah, you probably Not do want to... think wanna, about getting rid of your account. You know, yeah. get some of your stuff back. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So um, I want to remind readers that uh, I'll be summing up this sort of Windows Phone uh, experience probably in about a week here. Uh, I st- I've st- I'm still trying to gather any last bit sort of information that maybe would be helpful. But uh, yeah, if you want the meat of what the differences are, definitely read Act Two that I posted today, and then. Next week, you'll probably see a sort of a uh, post-mortem kind of postscript of what we can gather mm-hmm. and what are the next moves that need to happen for this to be either a success or a big-time failure. And Act 2 was probably the meatiest of, of the two posts. Exactly. And certainly for anyone thinking about the device, consider right. reading that one. Okay. So I guess we'll see you next week. Thanks.